Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to episode number seven of Inside Out. My guest tonight is one who can say that he's seen it all and done it all. He was down in the dumps early on in his life, invested some money in the stock market, faltered, but that did not deter him. He defied the odds, went back in again into the stock market. I must say his second innings has been fantastic. He's created a lot of wealth for himself. And now he's using his experience over two decades and advising thousands of clients in investing in the stock market. He's also authored a book called The Thoughtful Investor, which I must say is a fantastic read. It's not only a fantastic read, but there are a lot of learnings to be had if you care to grab a copy and read it. It's my pleasure now to present you Basant Maheshwari. Welcome, Basant. And it's great to have you on the show. Life was good. Thanks for having me, Raman. Yeah. Yeah, life was good. You and your family were sitting on a multi-crore mining business, but then one stroke of a pen by way of a government order turned all your lives upside down, didn't it? Uh, true, it was. But, you know, it, it's, it's got more to do with my father passing away. When you deal with the bureaucracy and you deal with the government, you need a person who understands how the bureaucracy and the government functions. A young, impatient, restless guy like me always used to ask and you know how government functions how bureaucracy functions so uh, i think in hindsight it was more of my short-sightedness that i did not know how to figure out my ways across the corridors of power and that is how it all happened yes your first innings into the stock market was not a great outing from what you've written in your book but uh, again, you went back after a while and then there was no uh, looking back. A lot of learnings from your first uh, uh, faltering uh, in the market. Uh, everybody comes to the market to make money. It's quite unlike cricket, right? So cricket, you develop a love for the game and you start playing. And if you play well, you get paid well. In stock markets, we, may, we might all say we are very passionate. We love stocks we, we do stocks 20 hours out of but the first invitation to the market is to make money you are lured by the greed so in 1992 when i was in college so the harshad mehta boom had come across and then at that time you always knew if you buy a stock worth 20 you might sell it at 30 so it's a 50 percent return in 10 days 15 days 20 days so and plus there are stories about people saying that the money, if you bring to the market, should be the one which you can afford to lose. But I feel if you bring to the market the money which you can afford to lose, you will lose it. You have to bring the money to the market which you cannot afford to lose. You're going to look at a little more perspective on risk and return. Yes, but you are determined to get back to the stock market and uh, obviously your background in accountancy you know, also helped you to have an edge over others in terms of uh, reading various factors. Uh, I mean, it does appear from an outside perspective that an accountancy degree or an MBA degree helps you. But these degrees normally... You know, for, for example, an MBA for two years or an accountancy for, for three years, for four years, you are taught about risk, risk and risk. So avoiding risk, you can't make money. Taking too much of risk, you'll blow yourself up. So you always have to evaluate the right balance between risk and return. It's like, you know, uh, 
I mean, there's, there's no one surer way to reach heaven. And even in the, for, for example, if I'm too risk averse, too risk averse, what do I do? I wouldn't even keep bank money with me. I would buy only gold and put it under my pillow. What happens if I sleep at night and a thief enters my house and takes it away? So there is no <laughs> end to worrying about risk. But then at some point, you have to evaluate risk with return and move on. In any success story, making sacrifices is almost a main theme. You made a lot of sacrifices yourself, despite the fact that you were making a lot of money in the stock market. Personally, that is. Yeah, sacrifices were not made uh, because you knew what's going to happen. The passion to actually invest money. So it's, it's really funny in the initial years. So suppose there was an electricity bill to be paid or some payments to be made by maybe some school fees for my child. So he would say, if you pay after one month, you'll have to pay a thousand rupees more. So I'd say, doesn't matter, I'll pay after one month. Let me put the money into the market. So the sacrifices were because you wanted to put the maximum amount of money into the market. And, and then it becomes, and it's a habit even now. Even, I mean, I don't hold cash even for five minutes. If I get the money, I'd buy something. I don't hold cash. I just want to put it in because unless you are in the game, you will never be able to win it. You have to be on the ground in your language to win a game. You cannot be winning a game sitting in the pavilion. So if you're holding cash, you're sitting in the pavilion, you have the 12th man, you're outside, you're serving drinks, but you have to go out and play. Whether it's a Barbados or a Perth, you have to play the game. Very true. I keep hearing of people saying that they've lost money and this is uh, perhaps uh, something like a 60% or 70% of the people keep saying that. But can realistically, can every uh, investor make money in the stock market? No, no. For somebody who doesn't have too much of a grip, I say don't come to the markets. Uh, being in the markets myself, I know what it takes and it just isn't easy to make money off the markets because more than the reasons, the, your emotions will kill you. For example, in March, when the market was falling, the Nifty fell from say about 12,000 whatever to seven and a half thousand. People were saying it's going to go to six, it's going to go to five. Frankly, I didn't know, we didn't know where it's going to end. But then the thing was, the moment it turns, it wouldn't give you a second invitation. You have to be into it. So you might have been the smartest kid in town. You might be understanding balance sheets and company accounts and everything. But when the time to really put the money to work would come, you would be terrified with the news flow. So for normal guys out there, I'd say if you don't know too much of it, don't do too much of it. It's better to buy gold. It's better to do FD rather than come into the markets and blow what you have. Because markets are 30% reasons, 70% emotions. And emotions you learn to control over time. Reasons you can learn anyway. Uh, to what extent luck plays a part? Luck plays a part. I mean, it, it might play a part for you to make your first big home run in, in that sense. It might play a part in a back-to-back -back success story. But if you've, be, if you've been in the markets for 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, luck doesn't play a part. I mean, what's the ratio of luck to, say, Don Bradman's success? You can, you can be lucky in one game. You could be dropped at zero, score a double century, and the headlines would say he was lucky to have been dropped at zero or the other team was unlucky. But you can't be lucky for 20 years at a stretch. See, if you need luck to make money, one day, one day, bad luck will come and take it all back. So you can define luck that way.
You had mentioned in your book that you read uh, hundreds of books before you really got full time into this uh, stock market investing. Uh, I suppose it's a very important thing to know as much as possible. It's better to read a lot of stuff, isn't it? Reading lots of books, true. But then beyond a point, beyond the first 10, 15, the incremental reading that you do. See, I, I know people who read six books in a month. If you're reading fiction, good enough. But if you're reading about the markets, if you're reading too much, it doesn't give you time to think. I think more than reading, you have to go. For example, with me, the best thing is if I go on a long walk, maybe two hours. I'm just walking across a riverside. If I'm somewhere else, or if I'm driving slowly, I just think. So thinking is very important about what you have read. Just reading mindlessly that I want to complete every book that I read doesn't help. But Reading gives you a perspective on how the big guys have done it in life, but W. The problem is when you read a book. So between 1929 and 1932, the chapter finishes in 30 minutes. But <laughs> each of those three years had 24 hours, and each of those hours had 60 minutes, and each of those minutes, uh, each of those minutes had 60 seconds. For example, from March to June, like we are, three months spending this. Three months being fully invested like we are, it's not easy. But if you read, if somebody writes about this COVID theory and its impact on the stock market ten years from now, it won't be the same thing as actually passing through it. So while reading is important, you have to pass through it also. But many times it used to happen that when I used to read a book and when the markets used to fall, I used to pick up that book and say. Let me see what happened in 1987 when the Dow Jones fell 22 percent in one day, and I and I would read through that again and get a feel of what it happened. But now, with so much of reading and so much of looking at the markets, you know that it's it's like the Nazi prisoner camp story that every uh, Allied soldier used to say, "This too shall pass." So this too does pass. So I presume that even though the market is uh, something that doesn't operate during the weekend, you use those two days to uh, do your homework. No, there are enough things to worry for the five days that we do the markets to spend the last <laughs> two, especially in the current environment. And and for us, for people like us, Saturday and Sunday is difficult because there's so much of anxiousness of what's going to happen on Monday, what statements would come out of the Fed, what can see when the price is there moving on the screen, when there's a news flow happening, you know things are under control. When they shut the market down, then you don't know what's going to happen. So. In bad times, Saturday and Sunday is very difficult to pass through. But in good times, still it's boring. It's not difficult. It's boring. So Friday evening is boring for us. Monday morning is exciting for us. So quite unlike what normal people say. What factors does a fresher need to take into account if he wants to get into the stock market? First is he has to stop thinking that. Trading the markets can make him fifty thousand rupees, with which he can buy a Samsung Galaxy phone. If you start thinking small, you will lose it. You have to think, okay, what do I do for me to make five crores over the next ten, fifteen, twenty years, and can I retire from this by doing that? So most people come to the markets to make ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand. एक trade कर लेंगे बीस हजार रुपया बन जाएगा, खर्चा निकल जाएगा. the market is not your employer it doesn't write salary checks to you so first thing is to put money on the table so i've i've seen people who do a lot of this uh kind of uh, 
fictional buying and selling of shares. It's like playing book cricket. So you can play as much book cricket as you want. You won't get too much in life. So you have to put money on the table. And obviously, you have to read a lot to get a sense. But either you develop experience or you read from the experiences of others. So either one. Now, if you're going to study balance sheets, for example, a guy who knows to read balance sheets reasonably well, not really sort of an expert. What are the red flags that he needs to spot in a balance sheet? Because window dressing is done quite expertly by some. I have a contrarian view to this. I mean, obviously, you cannot discount the fact that balance sheets need to be read and understood. And gone through. But it's very difficult for a normal guy to... I mean, who could understand Satyam's balance sheet for 15 years? Who could understand what Yes Bank is doing for 20 years? Even the Reserve Bank of India couldn't get through it. So what do you do as a normal guy on the street? You buy the best company in a sector. So anything that we speak of won't be a recommendation. It's just to illustrate the, uh, the point here. So rarely you will find a red flag in the balance sheet of an HDFC bank or a Larson and Tubro or an Infosys or a TCS. So I'm giving these broad big names because those are the companies where the need for you to get too deep into it doesn't arise. And even if you try and get too deep into it, you wouldn't recover so much of it. But coming back to it, there are several red flags that one can encounter. The first is the return on equity, which most people may be able to figure out. So first you check is the return on equity. So if a company is generating a return on equity of less than 20%, there is a problem somewhere, unless the business itself is cyclical. So I'm speaking this for the sake of simplicity. So return on equity, is the first red flag that's going to tell you. Second is you would have to buy companies that are leaders in their segment. If you buy somebody who's number three, number four, number five, for example, Ultratech would always do better than the small cement plant in South India or Eastern India. So, you know, it, it's like that. But broadly, I think for a new for newcomer, for a fresher, it's best to buy the big guys out there and not try and hit too many home runs buying the smaller turnaround companies. I was going to ask you because uh, I felt uh, that would probably be a safe bet. A beginner should stick with the leaders in the pack instead of uh, looking at uh, stocks which are cheaper and based on tips from somebody. No, because there, there's no fancy, there's no fun in buying something which everybody knows. For example, if you tell someone buy HDFC Bank, it's going to go up, say, 4 to 5x over the next 10 years, then say, this is what everyone knows. But the last 20 years, HDFC Bank is one of the best banks in India, but still nobody's been able to buy it. So it's just like saying that people want to do something different because they assume and they think that by trying, because every effort a person puts in, he wants to generate something extra. So that's the problem. But then the bigger problem is if you try and figure out, it's like, it's like picking gold dust from... You know, it's like picking out gold dust from a pile of sand. It's not easy because even the professionals failed at it. And because I assume most of the guys who would be doing this would be the ones who have just entered the markets. It's best to start with the big names. And then as you develop experience, you go down lower. Would you recommend a sector-based strategy or company-based strategy? Because there are some sectors like metals, IT, pharma, you need to keep track of a lot more things that are happening on a global scale as well, isn't it? You know, you know, very good uh, stock market analysis. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head. 
See, in metals, there are 200 variables. China's GDP growth, what's the interest rates floating around. So when there are as many variables as you have, it's very difficult to actually tackle a company. The biggest money in this world has been made buying consumer stocks, pharmaceutical stocks, and financials. So what not to do is more important than knowing what to do. So if you just focus yourself on consumer pharmaceuticals and financials, I think you'll be fine. But people don't do that because everybody knows Nestle is a great company to own. But I would always want to buy that spinning mill in Tirpur, which is right now under losses and it's going to turn around in the next year. And my uncle's father's grandmother's father-in-law is still in access to some accountant there who stipped him off that this company will turn around. So more complicated the strategy, more fancy it looks. Investing in stocks is not just keeping a tab on the ticker. You need to keep track of a lot more things outside the market, isn't it? Many times, things outside the market will give you a better, better indication of what's going to happen inside the market. That's because, uh, for example, a company which I bought and, 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 and we made 40x on that, that's called Page Industries, that used to make the jockey brand of innerwear. So somebody will have to come and tell you that jockey is selling good. And then you go, you, you, you go and you research the company there. But there are times where these analysis gives you better indication than the most astute of the experts there. But apart from that, most of the news that you hear across outside the market uh, are not worth it. For example, you'll be surprised to know we don't get newspapers at home. Not now. Now you get all the news on Twitter. For the last several years, I don't remember for the last 10 years if I got newspapers at home. Because you get all the information any which ways. It's, it's just yesterday's newspaper, reading it today, it doesn't help anything. You've uh, also stayed outside um, Pantaloon and West Side, apparently the departmental stores or the clothing stores, to get a fair idea of what to do. And you want to gauge the sales before investing uh, in one of them. So this is funny because Pantaloon was owned by a first generation entrepreneur. West Side was owned by the Tata. So normally, logically, you would say, I go and buy the Tata Group company. Why should I buy a first generation entrepreneur? But WV, the strange thing is the first generation guys, the first generation guys get the fire in the belly. They want to do something different. For the Tata's, West Side would be the seventh or the 11th item on their priority list. So of course, this was not the Ratan Tata Group. This was another group. So similarly, what, what I used to do at that time was I used to go and stand outside Pantaloon and West Side and I used to count the number of people coming out of a Pantaloon store and the number of people coming out of West Side store. Pantaloon beat everything hands down. So I used to take a taxi about two kilometers off and I'd say, Pantaloon, chalo, uh, West Side, chalo. And the guy would say, Kaha jana hai? I said, West Side, nahi pata hai. Well, nahi, nahi, kaha jana kaha hai? I said, Pantaloon. Bala, ha, Pantaloon pata hai. So as you walk through Kemak Street, I used to ask the guy, where is West Side? So nobody would know West Side. People would know pantaloon and then pantaloon had those green colored you know carry bags so the moment i used to see a pantaloon carry bag i would say wow this guy's really penetrated it somewhere so these are things that give you an early indication beyond the point they are no use so after pantaloon has been in existence for five years for 10 years it gives you no indication but in the first say i think in the early 80s maggie was launched 
and i remember in the mid 80s so had we had some sense about how good maggi would do over the next 20 years you would have first consumed the product called maggi and then figured out let's go and see the company behind this product so sometimes things outside the market give you a better indication of what's going to happen in the market is there a basic time frame at all in terms of years that you need to wait for seeing tangible results no it's 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 mostly for the startup thing so the first year the first two years the first three years is good enough so if you've been doing this for a company i like you can't be going around figuring out whether this house has been painted by asian paint or burger paint because asian paint is a well established brand so tomorrow if something new comes up in the world and it says like a tesla for example so if you were in us about 10 years back and you were saying that people really think that tesla is a great thing to own so you would the market wouldn't tell you so much about tesla as indications outside the market would tell you for example when was the first time you opened a facebook account you could have bought a facebook share but these things don't happen in india because innovation is not paramount here innovation is mostly there in the western countries so these things are the first lead indicators they are not there to help you after company has been in existence for 10 15 years is it fair to say that uh, most of the investors are uh, driven more by emotion and sentiment rather than on facts it depends on how you actually tackle things because the emotion is so hard pressing it's so difficult because at stake is all your life savings for people like us who put more than 100% of our money into stocks and only stocks so the emotions are very heavy but then you have to pass through cycles to understand that once the dust settles the same market will value your stock at a higher price but the emotions would come into you at the wrong time and it would ensure that you don't get to uh, make a lot of money from the markets that's why i normally say if you can spend 15 years in the market 15 years without emptying your dmat account you would be very rich but the market won't let you spend 15 years it's it it just won't it's going to scare you off every second third fourth year so decision making by and large uh, takes a lot of emotional restraint how long did it take you to you know get a grip on things emotionally i mean i get scared even now when prices fall uh, it's fair to say i mean it doesn't matter it's only a price like 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 this is a famous cliche saying buy when there is blood on the street so my reply to that is what do i do if it's my own blood on the street so things like that have become so difficult in today's environment but then the fear of being left out of the market keeps me inside the market because i know it's great to be fearful and take everything off the table but the moment the market turns you won't get a second chance in and that's what happened for the last 3 months nobody got a second chance in so when 7500 nifty goes to 8000 you wait for 7800 when it goes to 8 and a half you wait for 8200 when it goes to 9000 you wait for 8500 and even today people are waiting and that's how things are so you need to be emotionally there yet you will have fear but uh, is that the reason why some people really take bad decisions and end up losing lots of money the bad decision comes out of greed wv it doesn't come out of fear it comes out of greed in the sense that uh, let's take the same example again so if i say uh, why don't you buy an ultratech and why would you buy a small kalyanpur cement which was there in operation about 25 years back people say i mean 
everybody knows that ultratech is a great company everybody knows hdfc bank is a great company let me go and buy that isolated that turnaround company so greed kills you see if you have bought a great company even infosys if you would have bought at the peak in the year 2000 you would have recovered your money after 6 years do you say 6 years does it take to recover your money yes but what if you would have bought a pantasoft or a silverline or a mastech those my that capital is gone 100% off so it's it's all about what do you buy it's not about so much about when you buy if you bought the best you will get your money back you'll get your capital back after 5 years after 6 years that's the worst case scenario but if you bought the worst then you won't get your money back even after 3 months now i want to talk a little bit about the uh, portfolio management services now why does somebody need that why do they need the help of a pms no frankly if you can buy the strong solid names on your own you don't need a pms for example there's this thing going around the world that why don't you just buy index funds and the way the government has reshaped the nifty i think that it will be very difficult for most pms and most mutual fund guys to beat the nifty for the next 5 years because if you look at the constituents of the nifty the sdc group is 20% of the nifty any good portfolio would find it very hard to beat an index which is 20% in hdfc bank i think reliance is about 13 14% now so 35% of the nifty you're sorted again if you put infosys and tcs there you put the nestles and huls 60 70 80% of the nifty is strong and solid but then the problem with the nifty is nifty nifty won't make you rich it won't make you outsized returns it's going to give you gdp plus inflation so maybe about 10 12 13 14% every year but if you want to make big money in this market stock selection comes into the fore so amongst the nifty stocks say the 50 one of them would go up three times over the next 3 years but if you bought all 50 of them the allocation aspect will ensure that you don't move too far ahead of the nifty so that's the differentiation that comes through but if you're buying a mutual fund that owns 50 stocks or 60 stocks or 70 stocks it's better to go and buy a nifty now let me take a cynical view with regard to the pms now emotion is a very important factor in uh, handling stock market fluctuations now what emotional connect will a pms have with somebody else's money i mean it's also about trust for example a, uh, like like i can speak about myself we put our own money into stocks 100% of the time and 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 finally at the end of the day our ultimate objective is to ensure that the capital goes back to the guy who's given it to us so we we have our own systems where if the market is doing badly the first thing we do is to ensure that we can protect his capital so so we will take a lot of safety calls safety calls not in the sense that we buy a hindustan unilever or something but the focus there at that time is to ensure that if you have given me 100 rupees i should be in a position to return back 90 95 out of that back to you and say sorry boss i lost 5 rupees for you but this is all we could do but if you look at it on, on a different scale of course we get benefited if the portfolio goes up so how do we deal with it in in that case so if your 100 goes to 110 or if it goes or if it starts recovering back then we also start to open up it's just like in your cricketing parlance after you've crossed 50 you start scoring faster and the moment you come to the crease you first want to see the new ball off so it's it's similar with us you don't want to lose your wicket in the first over so 
that's what we do but mostly yes it's true it's a bad name people have done umpteen number of things with somebody else's money but that's how the world it's, it's there in every trade it's there in every game let's get to the advices the so called financial advices now they most of the time tell their clients to buy xyz or abc now what is important here is they don't themselves have any of those things that they are suggesting others to buy <laughs> most people most people in my industry unfortunately <laughs> have bought real estate they will have one house where they stay in they will have another house where they have rented it across and then <laughs> but 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 that's how it is i mean i, I don't know what to say but if you ask me 100% of our money is into stocks we we we, we are only into stocks we i have read and you also we would have obviously i'm sure you would have read you would have heard a lot of people you know trusting these financial advisors and then you know ending up bankrupt because uh, it's happened over generations it's happened on a regular basis that's why i asked the question no there for example off late i see there is a new thing on the social media website where you pay 2000 rupees and i show you how to make 10000 rupees in a day trading so it looks very good and everybody says it's it only cost 2000 let's do it so most of these guys are professional trainers who make more money training other people than they would by using all that they used to train others by using that technique to apply on the screen but that's because people are ready to be led into it there is a pied piper everywhere so it's it's for the guys out there to understand what they want to do do you advise day trading to the uninitiated no not at all not at all i mean day trading is a must game see because probably, any kind of trade trading will ensure that you go to zero because the moment you start trading you would trade only for amounts that are bigger than the capital you can put into the market right so if you got say 10 lakh rupees and you've taken a position of say 50 lakhs and the stock goes down 20% you're wiped off to zero but if you bought only 10 lakh worth of shares with 10 lakh rupees and if it falls 20% you still have 8 lakhs with you so if you are trading and big money has been made by trading and i don't say trading is bad but you should know how to trade if you are trading then you should know that the moment the stock moves against you you have to cut your losses and run and that's what people don't do they say bhav aayega to bech denge bhav kabhi nahi the price at which you want to sell a stock and the price at which you want to buy a stock never comes now there are whispers you hear now and then about manipulation happening does it happen this is my first question how often does it happen and if it happens are there any pointers to detect them manipulations happen yeah true how does it happen nobody knows till it's been discovered that it's happened but there will always be some but then manipulations won't happen beyond the top i mean uh, within the top 50 top 70 companies normally they happen mostly in the small type companies those isolated names where somebody would get into it and then the stock price goes up but then 
nobody puts a gun gun on our head to buy that company we can always choose for example a nestle for example for example a hindustan unilever and infosys i mean there there would be there were talks about a whistleblower and infosys also but then still nothing happened to the stock price so manipulation happens everywhere i mean in in every industry every trade every game every sport there will be betting there will be people who would be trying to cut corners but uh, but but then that's a part of the deal if you were to nominate three attributes that are important for someone to succeed in the stock market what are they first is the passion he has to be wild about the markets i mean if i can elaborate there further if he goes to a party and he finds out that nobody is talking markets is he getting bored or is he enjoying the party if he's getting bored because he's been to a party where nobody is talking markets then i think he's passed the first test if you have passion that's going to encourage you to read and learn and analyze and move forward again so second part is the learning aspect the reading aspect of it and third is the risk taking ability where you know how much risk you can take we took we take enormous amounts of risk in our portfolio personal level and my entire story has been built by taking risk so i used to borrow shares from my maternal uh, uncle and pledge it to a bank take money and because i always had this back calculation with me that if this doesn't work out then i mean it, it's not worth staying with little amount of cash i mean if if you want to make it big just make it big it was like that at one stage uh, obviously somebody has to go easy on taking risk what would that stage be is it in the 40s or 50s especially for salaried people for salaried people i think they shouldn't be taking risks at all and i will tell you why because you know it takes so much of effort to make money and i'm pretty sure if a salaried guy takes a risk comes into the market and if he loses money he's going to leave the market so if you've left the market then how do you recover what you've lost if you're in this as a full time guy you can take some risk so risk here i assume means trying to make bigger returns than what is necessitated but then for a salaried guy or for anybody else he should always be putting money into the top end stocks and then over a period of time he's going to make money that's not a problem at all now what would you tell people that uh, buying a stock by itself is a risk what do you have to say to counter that it depends on what stock you have bought <laughs> if you bought <laughs> <laughs> okay now you spoke about attributes that are required so once a person has those attributes are you trying to convey to people that it is definitely uh, something uh, you must do invest in stock market because the chances are really good enough for you to at least make a profit not really sort of uh, land in millions no it depends if you've got a lot of money then why are you coming into the markets unless you have a first hand information of how things happen because this cuts both ways it's not so easy that you can just come into the market and make a lot of money and double or triple your money so i mean it's all a function of what you want from the market if you want to make normal regular returns then you can do that in fixed deposits also but if you want to understand the markets then you have to put in money but then 
it's it's not so easy as it appears that everybody i mean it's it's not a fundamental right for every indian to make money out of the stock market and and i think 9 out of 10 people don't make money out of the market because they come in at the right at the wrong time and they leave the markets at the wrong time now i want to know what exactly is currently going on in the stock market companies have been shut there's been a lockdown in this country now you suddenly see a rally happening what exactly is going on ah so markets <laughs> don't like uncertainty they they are okay with the worst so it's it's like somebody coming and tell telling you there's been an accident so the head of state was in that car we don't know what's happened to him the moment he says we don't know the market says wow we nobody knows so then you start thinking wild but if somebody says the head of state died then you say okay no problem if he's died let's choose somebody else and put him there on the top so if you see the us market started moving up the day donald trump came and said america would have 80000 to 140000 deaths so the market got a number they said okay let's figure out this number and work around it and now right now what's happening is of course the 8 trillion dollars that's been printed that's chasing stocks and secondly and more importantly every passing day you come closer to a vaccine every passing day so now you can say if i can spend two months sitting inside doing nothing there's a pfizer who's trying to do something there's an astrazeneca who's trying to do something and there's a lot of local baba ji who's trying to do something so you don't know somebody might get a vaccine someday but then it's for you to decide which vaccine you can try so i think now with every passing day you come closer to a vaccine the last 3 4 5 months is behind us now but then for the companies that have been wound up like a herds for example a macy's for example an airbnb for example i read this quote about the ceo saying what we created over 12 years got destroyed in about 12 weeks or thereabouts but that stuff that's a part of the game but then you can say was he foolish why did he do all that but had he not done all that we wouldn't have known about airbnb so there are no right answers here to grow in life you have to take leverage you have to take risks and if you hit a covid you hit a covid bad luck one of the viewers here wants to know what is the sector to focus now if you want to really make big money if you want to really play hard in india buy the best financial names if you really want to play it safe if you want to play uh with a fair degree of risk control buy something connected to the internet because if you would have seen over the last 8 years over the last 10 years most of the money in america has been made out of technology stocks the fancy name that we say fang facebook apple amazon google netflix and then you add a tesla to it you add an alibaba to it you add a baidu to it you add a tencent to it if you remove these companies from the list the walmarts and the macy's and the unilevers they they have not made too much money the pharmaceutical names haven't made too much money so the new big thing the new black box the magic box i'd say not the black box is going to be technology and internet but then you have to know how to play that game if you don't know that if you just want to play good hard solid you buy the best financial names because most of them were priced for bankruptcy as if these companies would never ever and wb one thing to understand was if the best banks in india go bankrupt if the best nbfcs in india go bankrupt india itself has gone bankrupt what else is left in india so at some point you have to sit back and say no all these banks and nbfcs cannot go bankrupt ha but if you want to play it very safe 
you buy the nestles and the unilevers no recommendation what we say but then those companies you could make only 12 15% over a period of time thanks a lot basan thanks a lot for your time and for your wonderful insights into what is considered an enigma the stock market always remains an enigma to many people i really appreciate uh, for you coming over on the show and wish you all the very best in all your future and, trades and before and we over. end and before we end the first time we got talking i remembered you playing the chennai test and i think you got caught at mid off on the next day morning you were due for 100 you couldn't make it from if my memory serves me right so that that's that's my memory of you and i was really pleasantly surprised because of course i wasn't very good to be playing cricket at all but then if i got a chance i got a ch- i would go to school come back if there was an india pakistan game i said i was late to school and they didn't let me enter so twice it <laughs> happened the third time my dad took me to the principals and he said no this guy didn't come to school at all so it's really an honor to be interviewed by you thank you very much uh, and stay well stay safe good night basant good night and for the viewers uh, the next guest of mine in my episode is going to be uh, really special i look forward to your company then it's going to be on tuesday like i always say uh, stay safe uh, uh, subscribe for this channel and uh, hope to catch you around uh, on the tuesday and i look forward to your company there